The Pelicans' losses have been piling up recently, and they only have themselves to blame. I'll explain where and why they need to clean things up quickly in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday. Sorry about missing Friday's show. Technical difficulties. You can probably guess who was the cause of that, but we're back and we got a week's worth of shows. We got some big games for the Pelicans starting tonight against the Sacramento. Sacramento Kings feels like going forward the rest of them are almost all going to be must wins and they kind of are so we'll recap the Sacramento game in tomorrow's show I want to look at the Warriors game from Friday night the 108-99 loss did I get that right 108-99 loss to the Golden State Warriors Friday night I want to look at at that in today's show because I think it's a really good encapsulation of everything going wrong with the team while also leaving a lot of room for optimism that also gives us good insight on what they need to do this offseason to build a more consistent let's call it team and of course thank you for making today's episode or thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here Monday through Friday for y'all no one else coming to y'all like this completely free Every single day, breaking it all down with this team. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. So let's get into the 108 99 loss. This was a really good kind of encapsulation of where the Pelicans stand. And it's that there's a lot of positives, they're doing a lot of things right, but they've got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. Because this game was incredibly winnable. They've had some real rough first quarters these past couple of weeks. And they came out and won that one by 14 points. 35-21. And still lose by 9 points at the end. This team can't let that happen. You've just got to be able to put four good quarters together. And they're not doing that with very silly, stupid mistakes. You know, this was a game where Brandon Ingram just couldn't shoot, just didn't have it after really carrying this team the past couple of weeks. 17 points on 16 shots. He was 6 of 16. Just wasn't his night one of those really off games. CJ McCollum shoots 3 of 10 from three-point range, and he's been rough post-All-Star break. 25 points, yeah, but on 21 shots, so not the most efficient night. And you were still in this one. The offense was struggling, and you were still... In this one. And that's because, and we'll get to the defense in the third segment of today's show, the defense had been good for the most part, was kind of limiting the Warriors, was doing a good job of like pressing the point of attack on defense and forcing them into turnovers, 18. But the Pelicans couldn't really take advantage of that. And particularly in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, where they only scored 42 total points in the second half, you saw them just make silly mistakes that you just can't do can't do and so as I said in the open here right there's areas they need to clean up and this all goes to say that the Pelicans margin for error is very thin right now particularly on a night when Brandon Ingram is kind of struggling 
they're not a bad team because this was a winnable game, right? But it was things like bad passes and turnovers in transition. The easiest time that you can find ways to score, they were struggling doing that. 18 turnovers for the Golden State Warriors, and New Orleans wasn't able to capitalize on that. Seven, uh, sorry, 13 points off of fast breaks. They had 18 turnover points on those 18 turnovers that the Warrior that they forced with the Warriors. That's got to be more efficient and better. If they had done that a little bit better, they would have won this game. It, it's as simple as that. They're not going to be able to rely on things like three-point shooting. They started off hot from three, and then it completely faded. Brandon Ingram, you know, you can rely on him somewhat, but there's limitations to his game, certainly. One of those is he's a mid-range assassin, and sometimes that goes away, and if that goes away, well, then his offense is going to evaporate a little bit too. And it did in this game. But you can control other things. You control your effort on the defensive glass, something they didn't do. In the fourth quarter, there was an easy second chance opportunity for Dante DiVincenzo where Brandon Ingram just didn't box him out. No one looked around to box him out. Offensive rebound for the Golden State Warriors. Second chance points. You can't let things like that happen. And this has been going on for too long. The Pelicans, for the most part, have been a good defensive rebounding team, but recently they've really struggled with it. And I don't know what's changed and why they're kind of being lackadaisical on that side of the ball. Second chance points in this game, 16 for the Warriors, 4 for the Pelicans. It's a difference of 12. It was a 9-point game. When you start to look at it like that, you can see these areas that they're losing, and it's leading to losses, and those are just themselves. That, that offensive rebound by DiVincenzo was not amazing effort by him. It was pretty easy. You, listener, might have been able to grab that defense board. They have to improve on that side of things. They have to make the right reads in transition and not make stupid passes that go out of bounds or don't get to their teammates. They had 13 turnovers in this. For the Pelicans, that's pretty good. The majority of those coming in transition isn't. When you get those easy points, we know the offense is going to struggle. It's going to be a slog. We don't know if their three-point shooting is going to be very good or not in a game. Control the things you can control. Bad passes in transition are one of them. Just boxing out. Just boxing out is also one of them that the Pelicans can do. And they didn't have Jonas Valanciunas in this one. But man, the, the issues they have aren't like big man related. It's just people being lazy and not having kind of court awareness or knowing what they should be doing. Again, when I said in the open, right, all of the things that are going on right now causing the Pelicans to lose are things that they can control. That's where head coach Willie Green and the staff needs to get on these guys. You know, you don't know if, I don't know if they're going to shoot well or not in the game. I, I kind of lean towards no, right? And there's not much you can do about it. If you don't have good shooters, you don't have good shooters. It's kind of as simple as that. Or guys that are willing to shoot. And the Pelicans didn't shoot horribly in this one. So, Control the other things that you can control. And I think the Pelicans are struggling to do that right now, and it's leading to losses. The good news is if they fix some of that, box out, be a little bit better in transition, they win games. You know, from the 10-game losing streak to now, we can go back and look at probably about eight, eight or so games they could have easily won with just like a little bit of cleanup and fixing things. And the fact that they're not doing that despite these kind of same mistakes coming over and over again is very frustrating, but there is also a reason to hope because of that. But regardless of that, 
it gives us insight onto how the Pelicans need to operate this offseason. And I think that's important, too. We're starting to see exactly what they need to add, right? I'm going to list some things they need to look at this offseason, and you're not going to be shocked by any of these. So still, let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take CJ McCollum over 22 and a half points? You can do that. Kevin Durant to grab more than seven and a half rebounds, you can take that as well. Steph Curry, maybe to have under three and a half three pointers made, didn't beat the Lakers like we could have used him doing the other day. Daily fantasy over prize picks, the way to do it. It's super simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is you're not competing against other people. You see the numbers more than that or less than that. Above that, below it. As simple as that. And prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And they also offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Daily fantasy made easy where you're not playing against other players. That's exactly what you want. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, PrizePix is going to give you 100. You deposit $50, they're going to give you $50. Don't forget enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match over at prizepix.com up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today. And every day, we're here Monday through Friday for y'all, unless, you know, the internet goes out. And no one else is coming to you like that. Monday through Friday, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show, also on YouTube. And if you want to support the channel, don't need to give me any money. Just comment down below on YouTube. Let me know if you think this team is close to a breakthrough or not. And today, we're talking about the Pelicans' loss to the Golden State Warriors, 108-199. Again, the margin for error is almost non-existent for this team without Zion Williamson, and hopefully we'll get an update on him again soon, especially when Brandon Ingram is having an off night, and that happens. That happens. Not a big deal. you know. But it's very clear this team going forward is going to need some more reliable offense. And I think that comes in two areas. And so seeing this loss to the Warriors and their struggles over the past month or so really gives you an idea on on what they need to do. And we'll talk about the defense more in the third segment, but they've been very good defensively all year long, despite the injuries and everything. And that does, to me, seem a little bit sustainable. And there's one key with that that I'll get into that the area that they really do need to improve upon, though, is definitely their offense, because that hasn't been consistent whatsoever. And yes, having Zion out there helps things, certainly. But can you rely on Zion to be healthy for a full season? Little bit of an open question. And there's going to be times when he's not out there on the court, so while you don't want to have an entirely new system, you just need more dudes who can score. And that's probably the direction the Pelicans need to go this offseason. When you're looking at this roster, if they really want to start to kind of tweak and retool things a little bit, the number one thing they need more of is three-point shooting. It's been rough at times this year. It's been inconsistent at best at times this year. And it's something that has compounding problems for the Pelicans. One, it's just simply losing kind of the math battle. You make twos, your opponents make threes, you're going to lose. Simple as that. 
And the Pelicans, 21st right now in three-point percentage and 29th in three-point attempts, so they're low volume and in the bottom third when it comes to shooting. They're never going to be a high three-point shooting team in terms of attempts with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson out there on the court because those guys don't take a ton of threes. Zion doesn't really take any. B.I. is taking more, but he doesn't take a large amount. A team with a guy like Steph Curry at the center of their offense should be higher in three-point attempts because, well, he shoots threes and it's the best player with the ball in his hands and you kind of are going to have your offense built around their skills. So if your best player shoots threes like Damian Lillard, you should have more attempts, right? It kind of makes sense because they're using the majority of your possessions. So the Pelicans will never be high in attempts, but they certainly need to be better than 21st in percentage. And so this offseason, they need to add more shooting. And so one, it'll help you with the math game a little bit. Make threes instead of twos. They're worth an extra point. But it's also eventually going to space the court for Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. And eventually is the key word to that. And we hoped we were heading in this direction. It just turns out we weren't. With the way B.I. plays and the way Zion Williamson plays and how effective they are at what they do, teams throw double teams at them. You see it all the time with B.I. You see it with Zion. They're just trying to wall off the rim. Three guys down there, sometimes four guys down there. There's that picture against the Toronto Raptors, that home win of Zion dunking and all five looking back being like, oh my God. You know, those guys draw attention, which means shooters are going to be left open. And so what I've long said is you don't need shooters to space the court for Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram because they won't do that. They won't do that. Teams are going to double those guys because those are the threats and they're so efficient at what they do. It makes more sense to double them and just hope that the three-point shooter misses. And that's been working for opponents because New Orleans has not been making them pay. You need three-point shooters to make a defense pay for doubling Zion Williamson. Maybe eventually, eventually, if you're shooting well enough, it'll space things a little bit better. But you have to make your shots before you get to that point, and New Orleans isn't doing that. And so their their offense has been easy to defend, very easy to defend. Put a lot of bodies on B.I., He's not going to be able to make every pass. And he's losing, I think, a little bit of faith and lack of trust in his teammates because they're not making shots. Simple. So it becomes very easy to defend this team. So more shooting, more shooting, and more shooting is something this team needs to add to make defenses pay. And guys are not stepping up and doing that good of a job with it. There have been some hot stretches here and there. But for the most part, if the Pelicans are 21st when it comes to three-point shooting percentage, it ain't happening. And that's really not going to get it done. Jose Alvarado, 33.6% this season. Najee Marshall, 31.3%. Herb Jones, 28.3%. Those numbers are not good. And that's not going to win you very many games when that's the type of three-point guys that you run out there as your court spacers. Dyson Daniels in smaller attempts, 32.8. No one here above 34%. That's not a good number whatsoever to be looking at when you really need those guys to be doing those sorts of things. And CJ McCollum is is inconsistent at best out of the All-Star break. He's been struggling 27% from three post-All-Star break. He's got a thumb injury that's hampering him a little bit, but that's killing this team. So you need more offense, and I think it starts with three-point shooting. Eventually, that'll get Brandon Ingram to trust his teammates more. He'll pass to them. They make their shots, simple as that, and it just kind of has compounding effects from there. I think you could also be looking for another point guard, 
if Brandon Ingram has the ball in his hands, you send two guys at him and you just give him no room to work. But what if you have more of a true point or another kind of creator? I don't think it needs to be a true point guard necessarily to be able to let you use him off ball more. And that's something that the Pelicans are kind of lacking. You know, maybe a, a more of a slasher kind of hybrid guard, combo guard, one, two could really work here. Guy that can get to the basket, score, shoot, and dish a little bit just to put more threats out there. And I think it really is as simple as that. You just need more offensive threats, whatever that might look like. I do think someone that can handle the ball, not turn it over, would be useful because it does mean you could use BI off ball, CJ off ball more. And we've seen that CJ is better off ball. Brandon can be really great on ball as your creator, but when he's maybe not trusting his teammates to knock down shots as much, and so he's trying to do it all himself and forcing shots, is hurting things a little bit. Not a ton, a little bit, and I don't really know what else he's supposed to be doing either. That's something the Pelicans really need to look at. More shooting and another creator that allows you, when Zion's not out there, because Zion is that creator, right, to be able to have a more effective, efficient, offense and that's not happening right now and that's something that the Pelicans are going to need to address this offseason one area they don't need to address is defense there's a reason I didn't mention any of that in here because the defense has been good let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans because there's one area that I really do think really makes the sustainable going forward and I really want to highlight that because that is something that we should be really excited about if there's like a true system, but it goes beyond that. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. I've been eating healthier, and this is my secret weapon because I like things that taste good. I'm going to sneeze too here. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I like things that taste good. I'm going to sneeze again. We're just going to sneeze through it. <coughs> Man, that's embarrassing. I like things that taste good. There we go. I'm going to be able to say this. And I don't want to skimp on taste, but I do want to eat healthier. And Bilt Bar, well, healthy is actually tasty. You won't even believe that these are good for you. So they're perfect if you're still trying to work on your New Year's resolution. For starters, they come in 100% real chocolate, covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in delicious flavors like churro, peanut peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I travel a lot. I always have these in my bags when I just need like a healthy snack to kind of keep me going or eat one for lunch instead if I don't want a super heavy lunch to weigh me down. And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. I've been telling you to go to Built.com for a long time because the macros on these are so good. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. But now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. Go into Walmart, pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. Go to Sam's Club, grab a box of the brownie batter and churro. Go try a Built Bar at Built.com or Sam's or Walmart, and you can thank me later. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down this team, the good, the bad, the wins, the losses, what they need to do this offseason. No one else coming to you like this, providing this sort of insight, especially every single day. No weeks between shows, no eight days, nine days, ten days, three weeks between podcasts. We're here Monday through Friday consistently. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. Now for your second listen, go check out Game to Game NBA. I do a minute video during the week after all the wins and losses. All of our hosts do that. It's a great way to just recap exactly what happened around the NBA that night with kind of the biggest takeaways from the local hosts. Only Locked On can do something like this. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So one thing that I've really thought has been good from the Pelicans all season long, the offense, when Zion's out there, looks fantastic. There's times when it looks good with Brandon Ingram out there, but it's inconsistent. And that's definitely the area they need to work on this offseason. Like, absolutely. They just need a much more consistent offense. Simple as that. The area they're not going to need to look at a ton is defense. They're good on the defensive side of the ball, despite all of the injuries they've had, despite having guys that you don't think of as good defenders out there. They've been a top 10 defense consistently all season long. There have been a couple stretches where they haven't looked great, and I've talked about how bad offense can lead to bad defense, while Good defense can lead to easy offense. Bad offense can lead to real bad defense just as quickly. But they've been consistently a top 10 unit all season long. And while there's been a lot of criticism levied at Willie Green, especially from me recently, this is an area that he's done a fantastic job with. The Pelicans have a defensive identity. It's forced turnovers and then try and get out and run. And they've done that. 18 turnovers against the Golden State Warriors. It was the players not turning that defense into offense that sunk them, but they at least had the defense there. And they've done that all year. Name the best defender on the Pelicans outside of Herb Jones. Is it Dyson Daniels? Is it Najee Marshall? Is it Jose Alvarado? Is it Larry Nance Jr., who I think has been really good on that side of the ball? You know, they're not known for having a ton of defenders here. And yet they've been this good. They've been forcing turnovers. They've been limiting shot attempts at the rim. They've done a very good job of contesting opponent three-pointers. And the half-court defense all year long, no matter who's in or out, has been great. That's on head coach Willie Green. That part of it, honestly, is effort and getting guys to buy in on that side of the ball. Zion Williamson this year was good defensively. Looked like a different player on the defensive side of the ball. Who do you think got that out of him? Will Green and the coaching staff. Brandon Ingram has been bought in on the defensive side of the ball like we haven't seen him. In that Portland game, he was excellent there. That's Willie Green getting these guys to, to try more. Energy and effort on defense will get you really far. And head coach Willie Green has been able to get these guys to do that sort of thing. That encourages me that you can bring in guys that are maybe average defenders, put them into this system with these other guys and get more out of them on that side of the ball. So that when you are looking at the off season, well, you can focus more on the offensive side of the ball because you know, you'll be able to coach them up defensively. That is something that I think doesn't get said enough about head coach Willie Green last year. Same thing. They're kind of that defensive force forcing turnovers when they kind of figured out who they were middle of last year, and then they went on that run to get into the postseason. This year, they've been doing it. They need to be better at capitalizing on those things that they're forcing right now. But throughout all the injuries, throughout all the different people in there, they've had consistent effort defensively. It's kept them in games. It's why during that 10-game losing streak, you could see some flashes of things. It's why we've been mainly just focusing on the offense. For as bad as it feels like this team is now, they're not bad on the defensive side of the ball. It tells you how far they need to go offensively. That's an encouraging sign. That's a very encouraging sign long-term, you know, beyond this season, but also for this season, that if they can figure things out offensively, and they're running out of time, but defense will take you pretty far. And they're probably one of the only teams in the Western Conference right now, especially that top half, that maybe can slow down opponent offenses. And that gives me some hope for what they might be able to do 
you know, wherever they land in the postseason and how they're going to be able to win some games when Zion Williamson, whenever that is, comes back. So there's a lot of reasons to hope around this team. And we're going to be covering them all here over at Locked On Pelicans. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game as we uh, stay up late at night.